Welcome back to another playoff edition of Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blotner, this is Abe Lovich, and today we will be talking about the results of round one and our predictions for round two. But before we get into that, for a chance to be on the show, follow us on Instagram at Twigs on the Rocks Podcast and DM us done, and then you will be automatically entered for a chance to be on the show. All right, so round one only had two upsets, which isn't a lot for playoff hockey. It was a 4-5 seed and a 3-6 seed. 4-5 seed, the, Can- uh, the Canucks beat the St. Louis Blues in the 3-6 seed. The Islanders beat the Washington Capitals, a beat-up Capitals team. So the Islanders are honestly the favorite, in my opinion, throughout that series. But we're going to start with our first series that we're going to talk about. The Bruins beat the Hurricanes in five. No pasta, no problem. They also played, what, what was it, three games without Rask? Yara went 3-0, and um, even though the Canes did not have Svechnikov. Their top-line right winger is a huge hit for them. The Bruins just outplayed the Hurricanes. And, yeah, that's all I got to say. Hey, you got anything else for that? Yeah, like, without, with the absence of Tuukka Rask because he left since his daughter had a medical emergency, like, Yaroslav stepped up and shined. He was amazing, only made a few crucial errors, but really did a lot for the Boston team. And even though the Hurricanes was also lacking, they ha- – played a great fight and they did a lot it was every game was neck and neck and the Bruins came out on top in five yeah the only big mistake there was Halak playing the puck shooting it right into the Carolina Hurricanes player and he just had the easy power play goal just to tap in with no goalie right there all right moving on Islanders beat the Washington Capitals in five they didn't have Backstrom, and they had an injured Carlson, so it was a relatively easy series for the Islanders. They went up 3-0. They ended up winning in five. Um, yeah, Abe, what you got to say for that? Yeah, I would attribute a lot of this series, like I said last episode, to Barry Trotz. He is the mastermind behind the Islanders' situation, and they just played amazing, and they really took what he had to say and brought it to the ice and shown their worth, and I think that they're going to be amazing in the series to come. Yeah, I think they can go far, but we'll get into that later. Right now, we're going to go on to the next series. The Philadelphia Flyers beat the Canadians in six, even though the Canadians actually outscored the Flyers in those games uh, in total. The Flyers had two shutout wins. Carter Hart played amazing. You know, uh, it got really, really interesting, really physical, really rough in game five and six. It was very, very entertaining. Yeah. Even though I feel I feel really bad for Carey Price, he was carrying that team that that far, and like he was the big star on the Habs, and to see him go out like that was not the greatest thing. But Carter Hart played amazing, like like you said with the shutouts, he was on fire, and yeah, it was a great series to watch. Yeah, I'm sure Carey Price's back hurts from carrying the Habs through one and a half rounds, just. Ooh, I you know, honestly, I feel kind of bad for him. But great playoff experience for the young players. And moving on to our final Eastern Conference series, Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in five. Two overtime games. One of them went to five. It was just insane series. Very entertaining. Jonas Corposalo played outstanding. Every game was very, very close. Yeah, even though, even though we already talked about the five overtimes in our previous episode as you all have heard like the remaining games there were plenty of overtimes every game was super super close and in fact every single game in that series except for the game that the Blue Jackets won 
was only won by one point or won in overtime. It was a very close matchup, very close series, and it was extremely physical the entire time, and it was intense. It's great to watch, and Tampa Bay came out on top, though. Yeah, or, like, yeah, one goal unless they scored an empty netter. But, yeah, it was, like, one goal up until the very end. All right, moving on to the Western Conference. The Colorado Avalanche beat the Arizona Coyotes in five games. They won two of their games 7-1, to one, another 3-0, to zero, and another one 4-3. to three. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Darcy Kemper, I'm not going to lie. He played out of his mind, which, I mean, against a high-powered Avalanche team, he's letting up, what, like seven goals. But can't really blame him for that. He, like, he had to run out at some point. But you know what I found very funny, Abe? What? Nazem Kadri. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has more points this playoff than he has had his entire career with the Leafs. And that is because he does not get suspended every series against the Bruins, which I find very funny. He's um, he's really just breaking out. He's a huge breakout playoff performer. And maybe uh, we'll see how that translates to the Avalanche set success in the future. They really need that big body presence with all of their high-flying skilled action. They really just need someone like Kadri. Yeah, I guess the Avalanche team really – kept him in check unlike when he was with the Leafs because I'm going to say it, he was a little bit of a goon in those series where he got suspended but they I guess he's turned around and he's going to be amazing in the playoffs to come yeah when I watched Kadri play against the Bruins I hated him and loved him at the same time I hated him because he was really dirty but I loved him because he put him on a power play every game a couple five minute majors a couple suspensions no big deal goals. you know love to see love to see it all right, moving on, Golden Knights beat the Chicago Blackhawks in five games. The Golden Knights goaltending gold tandem in Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury dominated. Leonard went 3-1, and one, Fleury went 1-0. and oh. um, But Fleury's agent is actually not happy with the amount that Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing. Even though the Golden Knights played really well, they definitely deserve to win that series. Uh, that's definitely something we can look at in the future. Yeah, and according to moneypuck.com, the Knights are the overwhelming favorites to win the Cup. And of what you said about his agent not being happy, he actually posted a picture on social media of, of Marc-Andre Fleury in goal with his giant sword with the Knights' coach's name on the back as a sword stabbing him in the back, which sends a loud message. But I think he's going to be played a lot more in the playoffs to come and they're going to dominate as a goalie tandem yeah I mean personally I don't really think uh the board's really gonna listen like if Mark like if Mark Andre Fleur's playing well they'll play him if he's not then they won't he played well in the only game that he played in that series but I mean just gonna go with the hot hand if Leonard starts sucking they'll put Fleury in if Fleur's not doing too well they'll put Leonard in really I mean Fleury doesn't seem too disappointed because one time on 2016, I believe, maybe it's 2017, Fleury rode the bench as the backup, and they won the Stanley Cup with Matt Murray in goal. Yeah. So, I don't know. Fleury's experienced this before. He's experienced Stanley Cup win. Maybe he didn't like that win enough, right? Like, he kind of carried them all season, and then Matt Murray pushed him, toward, uh, pushed him uh, to win the Stanley Cup. So, maybe he was less satisfied. Maybe that's why he's doing it. But who knows, that's some good drama going on with the Golden Knights. 
Moving on, Vancouver Canucks. They beat the St. Louis Blues in six, the defending champion St. Louis Blues in six. Quinn Hughes and Bo Horvat are gods. They blew out game six, or they blew out St. Louis in game six. Bennington got pulled after the first two games, but then get, uh, played game six. Just, yeah. Hey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's kind of sad to see Bennington from last year's playoffs. He was like the one of the best goalies in the season last year. To he carried, well, he did not carry St. Louis, but he was a strong factor, and he was so strong. And to see him go from that huge presence to just breaking down in the bubble, like it's hard to see, but the bubble will do that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that happened. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. and myself. I love seeing uh, Bennington and the Blues uh, fail, especially after he stole the Stanley Cup from us in Game 7 after playing out of no. his mind. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm just going to say it. As a biased Bruins fan, in Game 5, there was a tripping call. The refs were not looking. It was the most obvious tripping against Olachari. And then the St. Louis scored. Give, then they won that game. And that's why I think – that's why, as a biased Bruins fan, that's BS, but – what happens was happened, and what I'm focusing on is the cup to come. Yep, revenge tour, baby, for the Bruins. We'll get into that later. But for right now, we're going to go over the Stars. They beat the Calgary Flames in six games. It was a back-and-forth series up until, you know, Stars won game five and six. They were down 3-0 to zero midway through the first period in game six. So, you know, Stars are thinking – or most fans are thinking, you know, all right, we'll get the game seven, we'll get them in game seven. Nah, not the Stars. The Stars came all the way back for seven unanswered goals. And 23-year-old Dennis Gurionov happened to score four of those goals in that game. Yeah, it was amazing. It was just like, like they went down and they rise from the ashes like a phoenix. It was beautiful. It's going to be fun to watch them keep going. But now we're going to move on to the stats of, for the, all of round one of the playoffs. So far in playoff hockey for points, Elias Peterson and Nathan McKinnon lead the league in points to have six each for round one. You know, goals, we got Nazem Kadri, Anthony Bavillier, Joe Pavelski, Bo Horvat, and Denis Gurionov. Just, yeah, they played great in round one for that series, so that's why they are up there. Yep, and in assists, Elias Peterson, Nathan McKinnon, Amir Heskainen, Sebastian Ajo, Quinn Hughes, all lead in assists. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what, Quinn Hughes had one goal, eight assists for nine points. That's, like, insane. Uh, I don't know. I'm not exact sure on the numbers, but I'm, like, pretty they sure. They all had nine. Nine assists each. Nine assists. Yeah, nine assists, one goal for ten points. That's insane for a rookie defenseman. Not even a rookie, like, first-line center. Rookie defenseman. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I might pick Quinn Hughes as the Calder favorite here, but – We'll get into that in later episodes. Now we're going to move on to our predictions for round two. Things are going to get intense. Let's start off with the Avalanche versus the Stars. Personally, I have the Avalanche in six. They're a powerhouse, a force to be reckoned with. But after watching game six of the Calgary Stars game, I had to throw – I had to give the Stars a little bit of a chance there. But the Avalanche is just too big, too powerful. They score goals left and right. We just have to hand that series to them pretty quickly. 
Oh, I'm actually gonna go with the Dallas Stars here. Um, so ooh, okay, a little, little bit of spicy prediction, a little, little bit of a prediction out of left field. It's a but risk. It's not, not really. I mean, look, we saw them come back from three goals in Game Six. Obviously, the Avalanche. You know, like they haven't. They won one close game, but they might have. I'm not calling them the Lightning from last season, obviously, because they mentioned the second round. But the Lightning from last season would blow out teams, and then when the games got close, right, like towards the end. Um, they wouldn't really hold on. And another reason is that the Lightning last year, so say they would, they'd be up like three goals, they would just take another huge risk on offense, right? So they'd, take, they'd make like a bad pass across the ice because, you know, who knows? They're trying to get more goals or having more fun. But in the playoffs last year, that obviously backfired. They'd intercept uh, – Jacks just intercept them and score. So the Avalanche kind of blown out their opponents – so there's either one of two things that are going to happen or that happen. One, the Coyotes just suck. Or two, the Avalanche are just really, really good. But they haven't really proven to win a close game. And the Stars just keep coming at you. So maybe, just maybe, the Stars can win in seven games. Well, I would disagree with you there, obviously. But the thing is, with the Avalanche, I don't really see them close to being tailed last year because of the coronavirus break. Like, every team was on break there. Every team came back in the same time. They didn't blow themselves out over the course of the regular season. They're playing hard in the playoffs, and I think that they're just going to keep the same energy as they bulldoze through Arizona onto Dallas. But let's move on to our next round two matchup, which is the Golden Knights versus the Canucks. I have the Knights in seven. It's going to be a close neck-and-neck matchup, but... Looking on moneypuck.com and the stats, the Knights are the favorites, and I think I'm going to rely on that. And even though I see Quinn Hughes keeping this up, but I think his teammates are going to fall a little bit behind, even though I, th- and I think the goalie tandem of Lerner and Flurry, there's been a little bit of drama, but I think that they're going to solve that pretty, quish, pretty quickly, and they're going to destroy it as a duo. I'm going with the Vancouver Canucks. You know, you might clown me for uh, not picking the Knights or the Avs, two heavy, heavy favorites to win the Cup. But, you know, like, you know, like law of averages or something like that. You know, round one didn't have that many upsets. Round two's got to have more upsets. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And so, yes, no, yes. Let me talk. I am talking. (laughs) All yours. (laughs) So, the Canucks... They show that they can win close games in the playoffs. That's very, very important. Quinn Hughes, Markstrom, and Bo Horvat are also playing really, really well. And the Golden Knights goalie drama. Maybe they're like the Boston Celtics of last year, but for this year's hockey playoffs. You know, Kyrie kind of messed everything up. You know, like they have all the talent. They just need to figure out how to balance it. And so far they've been doing that really well. But if Flurry keeps complaining, you know, like, I don't know. Like, maybe you got some drama back there. Maybe there's some doubt in the team. So I'm going Canucks in seven. Canucks in seven. Well, well, I have two words for you. Playoff hockey. Like, when we do predictions, we never know what's going to happen. And since you've all been listening to our previous episodes, you know we've gotten many things wrong. Predictions are wild. Playoff hockey is wild. You never know what's going to happen. But, but actually, actually... I did know that the Habs were going to beat the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, you did call that. So you hey, would never – for example, right, David Perron said this um, to uh, – I forget which player it was, but in the middle of a game – or right before game 
five, I believe, to the Vancouver Canucks. He was just talking about how, you know, the Blues are going to win. Obviously, they didn't. You never go out, like, and tell them that, like, oh, I don't know who's on your team, or, oh, you got to suck, because it's just going to light a fire under them and win. And so I actually I actually knew, right, okay. like, from the future, I knew that the Canadians would win, you know, just because of uh, Zach Aston Reese's uh, terrible comments. Like, why would he say that? What is his Yes, that is fair. That is fair. You did call that. But we both called many correct things that's happened, but it's still playoff hockey. Well, let's move on to our next matchup, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Boston Bruins. I got Boston six. Tampa Bay is a force to be reckoned with. They are a strong team, but Boston's coming back hot. They're coming back strong. They recognize their mistakes after each game. You could hear them in their post-game interviews, and they're taking their mistakes and turning them into their best advantages. And since Stamkos is not coming back, Boston is going to really take the charge here. And it's still going to be close, in my opinion, because they're both, in, in my opinion, they're both probably some of the best teams here. They're amazing. But... Boston's looking for revenge, and they're going to strike. Yeah, personally, I believe that the winner of the series will win the Stanley Cup. But I'm going Boston in seven. Revenge tour, baby. We're not losing again in the Stanley Cup finals in game seven. They are mad. They know the window is closing. All of the really good players are old besides Pasta and McAvoy. The window to win is closing. Boston in seven. Revenge tour, baby. Let's go. Also, 2018, Boston lost to Tampa in round two in five games. So let's see if Boston can come back and win. Their bottom six for Boston is very, very interchangeable, right? So they had Nick Ritchie the first couple games. He sucked. They took him out. They had Bjork. He played line one minute. He sucked. Because Boston was out. They They put Parlin Lindholm in, and they put Studnik in, who is a god, by the way. Oh, my God. They can just switch around anything, right? Anything that goes wrong with the Bruins, they can just switch around. They put Krejci on the line one power play. Now it is unstoppable Bruins in seven revenge tour baby let's go yeah this is why Bruce Cassidy is nominated for the Jack Adams award he is he's able he's the mastermind behind this and it's going great but I have to say you insulted honors Bjork and you know how I personally feel about him the man is going to be a top player in the years to come and he just needs a bit more time to shine but let's move on to our next matchup with the New York Islanders versus the Philadelphia Flyers I watched what the Islanders did to Washington, and once they do that, they're on a wreck. They're on a rampage. Yes, the Flyers are, have been dominant. They've been destroying, but I've watched, I've watched their games against Montreal. They were they're a little bit closer to my liking. So I have the Islanders in six. Trust keep it going. Barzal, I have it as the MVP for the Islanders in that series. And Hart played like a god. There is no question. But – He's young. He does not have the playoff experience. And I think he's going to crumble under the pressure. Like, okay. he's going okay. through head strong, but the man's going to crumble. He only has so much. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. Or I see the difference is, personally, that. I don't think he'll crumble because the difference between, like, him and, like, Kemper or Price is that he has the assets around him to actually go out and win, right? Carter Hart won them two games uh, against the Habs. But the Flyers with weapons like Nico Bay Kubel, with obviously Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux, they have just tremendous team, tremendous defense. So I'm going Flyers in seven because uh, they didn't they didn't play the Habs as well as I wanted them to, or not as I wanted them to, but as they could have. So I normally would have gone like Flyers in five or six, but you know I think maybe maybe. So I'm going Flyers in seven. Going Flyers in seven. 
Well, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup. Each game is going to be going pretty well. These are two, in my opinion, they're evenly matched, but they're good. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blonder. We are Twigs on the Rocks and have an amazing night. Hope you all enjoyed it. See you all later.